Chapter 6, The Climb Crack! Thunk! Clang! Roz was having a little trouble climbing the cliffs. She had a new dent on her rear and a long scrape down her side, and she was just about to get another ding when a crab scuttled out from under a piece of driftwood. The crab looked up and immediately showed off his giant claws. Everyone was afraid of his claws, but not the robot. She just looked down and introduced herself. Hello, crab. My name is Roz. After a brief standoff, the crab cautiously backed away, and that's when Roz noticed how easily he moved over the rocks. With his wide stance and his grippy feet, the crab could crawl up and down any rock face. So Roz decided to try his climbing technique. She spread her arms wide and clamped each of her hands onto the cliffside. She jammed one foot into a crack and lifted her other foot onto a narrow ledge. And just like that, she was climbing. Roz moved awkwardly, awkwardly at first. A chunk of rock crumbled in her hand and she had trouble finding footholds. But as she climbed higher and higher, she started to get the hang of it. Seagulls squawked from their cliff nests and soared away when the robot came too close. But Roz paid them no mind. She was focused only on getting to the top. Up and up and up she went, methodically climbing past nests and ledges and tiny trees rooted in the cracks. And before long, our robot felt the soft soil of the island beneath her feet. Chapter 7, The Wilderness Animal sounds filled the forest, chirps and wingbeats and rustlings in the underbrush. And then, from the sea cliffs, there came new sounds. Heavy, crunching footsteps. The forest animals fell silent. And from their hiding places, they watched as a sparkling monster stomped past. But the forest was not a comfortable place for Roz. Jagged rocks and fallen trees and tangled underbrush made it difficult for her to walk. She stumbled along, struggling to keep her balance until her foot snagged and she toppled over like a piece of timber. It wasn't a bad fall. No dings, no dents, just dirt. But Roz was programmed to keep herself in good working order. And once she was back on her feet, she immediately began cleaning herself off. Her hands darted around her body, quickly brushing and picking off every speck of dirt. Only when the robot was sparkling again did she continue through the forest. Roz stumbled on until she found a patch of ground that was flat and open and carpeted with pine needles. It seemed like a safe place and safety was all the robot really wanted. So she stood there, motionless, all perfect lines and angles set against the irregular shapes of the wilderness. Chapter eight, the pine cones. If you stand in a forest long enough, eventually something will fall on you. And Roz had been standing in the forest long enough. A gentle wind whispered through the treetops and then thunk, a pine cone bounced off her head. The robot looked down and watched the pine cone roll to a stop. It seemed harmless, 
So Roz went right back to doing nothing. A few hours later, a gust of wind rushed through the treetops, and then, bunk, the robot looked down as another pine cone rolled away. And then a few hours after that, a howling wind tore through the treetops. It bent trunks and shook branches, and then, thunk, 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 pine cones began raining down, thunk, thunk. But Roz felt something like annoyance, thunk. She quickly scanned the area for somewhere safe from pine cones, and she spotted the perfect place when she looked up at the huge rocky shape that towered above the forest. Chapter nine, the mountain. Roz was now stomping her way up the mountain. Dense forests and rocky outcrops forced the robot to zig and zag and backtrack. But after an hour of steady hiking, she arrived at the craggy mountain peak. Grasses and flowers and shrubs sprouted from every pocket of soil, there, but there were no trees at the top. Roz was safe from those annoying pine cones. She dusted herself off and then carefully climbed up a leaning slab of stone to the very highest point of the entire mountain. The robot slowly turned her head completely around. She saw the ocean stretching to the horizon in every direction. And in that moment, Roz learned what you and I have known since the beginning of this story. In that moment, Roz finally realized that she was on an island. Roz looked down and surveyed the island. Starting from the sandy southern point, the island grew wider and greener and hillier until it finally jutted up into the rocky cone of the mountain. In some places, the mountain fell away, leaving sheer cliffs. A waterfall rushed off one cliff and fed a river that wound its way through a great meadow in the center of the island. The river flowed past wildflowers and ponds and boulders and then disappeared into the forest. Blurry shapes suddenly cut through the robot's vision. She refocused her eyes and saw vultures circling above the foothills. Then she noticed lizards warming themselves on a distant rock. A badger peeked out from a berry bush. A moose waded through a stream. A flock of sparrows turned in perfect unison above the trees. The island was teeming with life, and now it had a new kind of life, a strange kind of life, artificial life. Chapter 10, Reminder. I should remind you, reader, that Roz had no idea how she had come to be on that island. She didn't know that she'd been built in a factory and then stored in a warehouse before crossing the ocean on a cargo ship. She didn't know that a hurricane had sunk the ship and left her crate floating on the waves for days until it finally washed ashore. She didn't know that she'd been accidentally activated by those curious sea otters. As the robot looked out at the island, it never even occurred to her that she might not belong there. As far as Roz knew, she was home. Chapter 11, The Robot Sleeps. Roz stood on the peak and watched the sun sink behind the ocean. She watched shadows slowly spread over the island and up the mountainside. 
She watched the stars come out one by one until the sky was filled with a million points of light. It was the first night of the robot's life. She activated her headlights and suddenly bright shafts of light were beaming out from her eyes and illuminating the whole mountaintop, too bright. So she dimmed them. Then she turned them off and sat in darkness and listened to the chorus of nighttime chirps. After a while, our robot's computer brain decided it was a good time to conserve energy. So she, she sat and anchored her hands to the rocks. Her non-essential program switched off and then in her own way, the robot slept. <laughs>